Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Monday night, believe it or not, Monday night, I was listening to Pastor J.D. Farag, uh, his prophecy update. I usually like to listen to him. He's a pastor in Hawaii, and I got to tell you, the way he was saying stuff was like reading um, basically today's news, okay? And uh, I sat there literally on my chair. I was stunned uh, at all he said about the coming days and the return of Jesus Christ. It was really quite sobering. And then yesterday, right, Tuesday, I received a text from a friend, and he was asking, are we headed to the Ezekiel War found in chapters 38 and 39? And this is the text he sent me. I want to share it with you, okay? This is actually from Amar uh, Safari, and, and here's what he writes, quote, the military equipment keeps flowing from Turkey to northern Syria almost nonstop, end quote. And that's what he sent me. And he asked me, is this, is this in Ezekiel? And I was like, wow. And uh, so what we did is we began uh, to text a, a dialogue basically of the coming days and prophecy. Is this Ezekiel? Don't forget about, uh, you, know, you know, basically Damascus found in Isaiah. Where that's, I mean, just all of this stuff. And then, check this out. He sent me another thing that caught my attention. Okay, this was from a fellow by the name of Chad Thomas, where he wrote, and I quote, French leader Emmanuel Macron announces that he and Donald Trump have agreed to a global response to the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak, end quote. That was the text. That was the tweet. And you go, Ben, what, 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 what's, what's going to happen? So I'm, I'm thinking about all of this. I'm getting this text. I'm seeing what prophecy. And I said, I said well, okay, okay, here's what I need to do. I need to, I thought I better address the church about what's to come next. I really was overwhelmed in my spirit. And, and so I said, this is what, this is what needs to happen next. Now, here's what I want you to do, church. Um, I want you to put on your thinking caps. I want you to really dig deep in your soul. Why? Because we are living, and I've said it before, in unprecedented times. We've never navigated through this before. We, we, we the, the church and the world, it's just one of those things. And, and, and this virus, if you will, has plagued not only our nation, but our world. And here's what it's done. It's, it's, it's quarantined us to our homes. It's got us to where we cannot congregate with other people, and if we do, we have to be at a six-foot distance. This is what the virus does, right? And we don't want to spread it to anyone else, but here's what it's caused, okay? Now, now listen, I, I totally agree with you, okay? I totally agree with our, we, we don't want, I don't want any of my family to be sick, and we're praying for those that are sick. We're praying they recover. But here's what it's done, Guys, we have become overwhelmed with fear and uncertainty. Another friend of mine was saying, hey, how do you feel about what's going on? And I'm going, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. This is the first time in our world where we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We know the sun's going to come up. We know that the birds are going to sing. We know that it might be a day. We know that it might be windy or may, it may, may be you know, sunny, but we don't know what our government might do based on this. And of course, we're giving and getting information almost on an hourly 
basis. So what's going to happen next? I don't know. And I don't think anyone else does either. Okay, we really, we don't know. Now, listen, I watched the, the White House briefing. I saw what was going on. And they're, they're speculating on charts and graphs. And, but to be honest with you, they stepped back and they said, they really don't know. So we don't know. But on a spiritual level, what happens next is found really in the pages of Scripture. But before we unpack it, I want to take you on a little trip back in time, okay? Now, when I say back in time, those of you that are my age, you automatically went to uh, Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future. You got in your DeLorean. I get it. But we're going to go back 36 years. Let's go back about 36 years ago. The year is about 1983. I had just got saved. I remember. At 17, I had just got saved. And wow. Uh, I remember this. Now listen, stay with me. I remember growing up somewhat religious, like, like a lot of us do. But when I got saved, I literally surrendered my life to Jesus. And I truly believed in him. I believed in the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection. Man, it moved my heart. It transformed me from the inside out. Now, here's what I remember. I remember reading about Jesus coming back for his bride. I was like, who's his bride? Oh, the church is his bride. Okay, so he's coming back for me? I remember watching movies, and, and maybe Pastor Soph, well, I don't know, his testimony is that he, he, didn't, he wasn't saved early on, but I remember watching movies like um, A Thief in the Night. Do you remember that, Pastor Soph? A Thief in the Night and A Distant Thunder. These were the early on raptured church that, that movies, Christian movies, and I was like, Wow. And we were taught, guys, about the mark of the beast. And at that time, it seemed like, okay, this, what's the mark going to be? And if you look at those movies, it'll crack you up because they were actually made in the 70s, uh, latter part of the 70s, but the mark they showed on the right hand of the forehead was like a tattoo. They literally had like a bzzz, and it was a tattoo, and it's almost silly that you had this mark. But, but, I mean, the dramatic music behind that kind of freaked you out, but it was a tattoo. And, and I was like, okay, so is it going to be a tattoo? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Listen, the technology was not in place to deceive people into taking the mark. Back in 1983, it wasn't. You need to understand that back in 1983, when these first came out, and we heard about Jesus, we heard about the mark. Listen, we still had phones that attached to the wall. Okay, we still had email was just barely coming out, and so was the internet. I remember watching stuff that said www dot and whatever it mean. I'd be like, "What is that all about? I don't know." And, and so again, you go, Ben. What are you saying? Here's the thing. Listen, we 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 barely had computers, and at the time, I remember the microwave was a big deal. So we didn't have the technology to deceive people. Yeah, yeah. Here's why. Stay with me. Remember Jesus taught his disciples, right? And he teaches us in Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 and 4, he says this. He says, now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, listen, take heed that no one deceives you. I find it interesting that the very first words out of my Lord's mouth wasn't like, now watch this. Okay, now look here. Okay, watch out there. He says, make sure you're not deceived. Make sure you're not deceived. 
Okay? Now, he, here's his warning. He says that we are not deceived. Now, okay, so, so, uh, you file that, okay, so, deceived, okay, I don't want to be deceived. Now, now he goes on, my Lord goes on, and he gives specific signs. Well, like what, Ben? He says, okay, now listen, you're gonna hear of wars and rumors of wars. He says, nation will rise up against nation. I find that interesting because the word is ethnos and, and it's an ethnic group rising up against an ethnic group. And then Jesus said, now kingdom will rise against kingdom. But now listen, listen. In Matthew 24, 7, the latter part of the verse, he says this, and there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. So the disciples come to him and say, okay, guys, listen, Jesus, when is this all going to take place? When is the, when is the, the last days? When? And he says, now listen. He says, there are going to be famine, pestilences, and earthquakes. I don't know if you know this. Okay, but within the last two weeks, we've had major earthquakes in the United States. You go when there was one uh, about a week, week and a half ago in Utah, and it in and I'm not sure. I don't ha- I don't have the data, but it was a it was it was it was it was a huge earthquake in in Utah. It freaked people out. And then just yesterday, there was one in Idaho that hit over six point five. So, so when Jesus said, hey man, there's going to be some earthquakes, watch out. Watch out. We're going, I, I hear earthquakes. I hear about earthquakes. Earthquakes. Earthquakes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now listen. Listen. Now I want you to jot this down, okay? Jesus also told us there was pestilences, okay? You go, what does that mean? Well, if you have a pencil handy and you look up and you say, hey, what does this word mean? Here's what it means. It means a global pandemic. I said, wow. So what is a global pandemic? Well, he said these, these pestilences is basically a global pandemic coming. This is happening, listen to me, not only in the USA, but all over the world. And so my Jesus was saying, listen, there's coming a time when you're going to see earthquakes, you're going to hear wars, rumors of wars, and you're going to see there's going to be coming a global pandemic. Now, here's my point, guys. I think it's safe to say that we're living in the last days that Jesus taught. So what happens next on the prophetic timeline? What, what, what's got to happen next? You ready? Jot this down. Nothing. What do you mean? Guys, we are living right now where Jesus could come back at any moment. See, we have the technology, guys. What do you mean? Well, there's something called an RFID chip, and it holds all kinds of info. Well, like what? It holds financial health and tracking, Okay. We go, okay, well, I, I get this chip. I mean, we've, we've kind of, they've sort of been sort of introducing it for a little while. Well, think about this now. We have the means to deceive people in taking the mark. Why? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three words. Cash, sickness, and travel. Cash, sickness, and travel. Now, I just want to be clear. I want to be clear, okay? I am in no way predicting that Jesus is coming back solely based on the coronavirus, okay? I'm not saying that. Don't send me an email, well, pastor said with the coronavirus. No, no, here's what I'm saying. I am saying that let's look at the word of God and compare the word of God to what's going on in the world today, okay? 
So what happens next? Well, let me give you some hope, okay? In Matthew, in Luke chapter 21, verse 28, here's what it says. Jesus says, now at, when, when, when these things begin to happen, okay, the earthquakes, the, I mean, we see it. Here's what he says. He says, look up, lift up your heads. Why? Because your redemption, your redemption draws near. That's a good place for an amen. Okay? Because that's what he's telling us. He's saying, when you see these earthquakes in Idaho, and you see these earthquakes in Utah, and you see the pestilences, and you see famines, and you see wars and rumors of wars, and you see all of this happening, he goes, look up. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Now, listen, I know there's going to be a lot of skeptics. I get that. Okay? There's always been skeptics. Peter said there's going to be skeptics. But I'm telling you right now, we need to see what happens next. Okay, so we must look up. Jesus is coming back soon. So what I want to do is I want to take you through that process that he teaches us in First Thessalonians chapter four. Okay, we've gone through this a long time. I know, but, but, but let's just, let's just break it down. First Thessalonians chapter four, two major things seem to be happening as Paul is going to address. You go, what's those? What are those things? Okay, if you're taking notes, I think it's important you take notes. Okay, he says this. Number one, what happens to Christian loved ones who have died before Jesus comes back? That's a legit question. That's a legit question. What happened to, to, to my loved one who knew Jesus? They died. What, what, what's, where, where are they? And then the second question is, what is going to happen to us as a result of Jesus coming back for his church? Okay, these are the questions he answers. So we're going to look at it really briefly and, and just kind of go through. I want to, I want to lay a foundation, but notice in verse 13, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he says, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Paul starts off and he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. The word ignorant is aganeho, and it basically says, I don't want you to be in the dark. I don't want you to be in the dark. I, I, I want you to see these things. Okay? And so people, there's a lot of people who are in the dark, but Paul says, no, 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 there's a, I don't want you to be ignorant. He's to those who have what? Who have fallen asleep. Now Paul uses that. He uses the term fallen asleep, but based on our Corinthian studies, you guys know that it really has to deal with those believers who have died and their bodies have stayed here. He goes, okay, so what's happened to them? He says, well, I, I, I want to tell you this, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. He says, well, let me just illustrate it this way. I've been to funerals with people who didn't know Jesus, and it is a wailing wall kind of freaking everybody, and they had no hope. They lost everything. And then I've been to Christians' uh, funerals. I've done Christian funerals where the hope is in Jesus, and they, they don't sorrow like that. They have hope in Jesus. That's what Paul's saying. Well, how so, Paul? Well, look at verse 14, guys. He says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again... Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. This is a beautiful thing. Why? He says, listen, if we believe, right? He gives the gospel. Here it is. This is, this is how you get into heaven by belief. If you put your faith and trust in, if we Believe. Believe what? That Jesus died and rose again. He said, God is going to bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. And he says, for this we say by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain. Right now, we're alive, right? Take a deep breath. I'm alive. Okay. And that we're waiting. He says, 
He says, when God comes back, right, when the Lord comes back, he says, we are no means going to precede those who have fallen asleep. Okay, so here, he, here it's going down. Okay, you ready? He says this, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Okay, this is where we, again, have our hope. God himself, guys, is going to give a command. Okay, he's going to have the trumpet blast. And Jesus is going to come down from heaven. And the first thing we're going to notice is the dead in Christ are going to rise first. They're going to go first. Okay, so I think about this, right? All the cemeteries, all the graves are going to open up at the command of God. And the dead in Christ, those believers are going to rise first. Now, I love that Paul says that, that this is going to happen in a twinkling of an eye, okay? Because I don't know what the world is going to think when all of a sudden all the graveyards around the, around the world are going to open up and if you go to Israel today, you pay big, big bucks to be buried next to the Eastern Gate. You can pay up to a million dollars for, a, for a, a little burial plot because they believe that the Messiah is going to come through the Eastern Gate. And we know that Jesus did way back. But they're waiting, and it says the dead in Christ will rise first. Now, I don't know if you guys realize this, okay? But this happened once before. You go, what do you mean? Guys, do you remember when Jesus rose from the dead, right? Do you remember? Okay, this is the first Easter, the first resurrection. You go, what happens? It says, when Jesus came back to life, here's what the Bible says. It says, then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earthquakes and the rocks split, and the graves were opened, and many of the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. So this has happened a little bit different. We're going to be raised, okay? They're going to be raised, but they're going to, we're going to be raptured in, uh, with heaven. We're going to be met, met together. These just kind of came out, and I think um, I think they eventually died again. I would assume they eventually died. They came out. I mean, that would that would freak people out anyway, okay? Think about your your grandma who died, okay? And then all of a sudden she's out because Jesus rose, and you're like, whoa, what? What? I mean, that would just literally. I don't know how it all went down, but I know what happened. Okay, but here's where it gets good. Look at verse 17. It says, Then we, we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus shall we always be with the Lord. Okay, now I want you to know, here's, here's what, okay, I want you to notice the word caught up. Do you guys see it right there? And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Okay, it's in the Greek, it is harpazo. Harpazo, H-A-R-P-A-Z-O. But in the Latin, okay, if you translate the Greek into the Latin, we actually get the word rapturus, rapturus. And if you translate the Latin into English, that's where we get our English word rapture, rapture. So people go, I don't know about the rapture, it's not in the Bible. Yes, it is. It's actually the Greek word harpazo. Okay? It really is. And you go, well, what does it mean? It means to sneeze, to seize or snatch very quickly. That's what it means. So if you were to hard puzzle something, you gotta snatch it very fast like that. That's, that's what it means. Okay? 
So when we talk about the rapture of the church, I know there are a lot of people who tune out. Well, no. I know people who are my friends that go, no, 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 no. We're going to go through the tribulation. That's, no, no, no. Here, here it is. Here we are. Here we are, guys. April 1st. No fools. 2020. And we're alive waiting for the return of Jesus. Then all of a sudden, we're violently snatched up to meet the Lord in the air. That's what it just said. Okay? Now, I fully understand. Listen, listen. I fully understand if you don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. Uh, That's cool. We at Calvary Chapel believe and we teach in a pre-tribulation harpazo. We believe that in the word of God. Now you go, well, Ben, no, 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 no. See, listen, I'm a mid-trib person, okay? I'm okay with that. Why? Listen, if you're right, if you're right and, and, and I'm wrong, well, then you have three and a half years to tell me I told you so, okay? You have three and a half years. Okay, I get it. If you're a post-tribulation person, hey, man, we're going to go through the tribulation and then Jesus is going to come back for us, okay, Well, then you have seven years to rub it in, I guess. But really, if we're going to go through the tribulation together, I don't think we're going to have time to point fingers or blames and say, I told you so. I said, if we're going to go through the tribulation, we're going to have to bend together. We're going to to need each other. But this is what our pastor taught us. Okay, Our pastor taught us this. He said, in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. There's freedom. He says, but in all things, charity. Okay? So in essentials, guys, we gotta, we gotta have unity. In non-essentials, okay, when is Jesus coming back? We believe he's gonna come back before the tribulation. And so Paul tells us, the reason he tells us, he says in verse 18, therefore, comfort one another with these words. Comfort. Now, when I read First Thessalonians chapter four, thirteen through eighteen, the song that comes to mind—I don't know if you remember this—but it was "I'd Wish We'd All Been Ready." And DC DC Talk made a remix of that, and it was "I'd Wish We'd All Been Ready." And, it, and that really, man, that just kind of hits you there. And, and that's the song that comes to mind. Now, let me just say this to you, those of you that are watching: Listen, that could happen at any time. Listen, we have the technology to implant a chip and we have the means to deceive people into taking the mark. We have that. Okay? 40 years ago, we didn't have it. 20 years ago, we didn't have it. Guys, I just want you to look at your iPhone. I just want you to look at how we're even posting this. How How is our phone a computer... And it does all kinds, and, and, and a great, you know, camera. I mean, it's got everything in it. We, we have the technology, guys. We have it. So, in a prophetic timeline, the rapture of the church has taken place. Okay? You hear the trumpet, we're out of here. The world is just what happens. The world, once again, is thrown into chaos. Now, stay with me, okay? Stay with me. The world is thrown into chaos. Now, for the sake of our study, let's imagine a moment that what if this happens right after this COVID-19 outbreak, right? Now, in other words, like maybe six, let's say six months down the line, it happens. 
okay, maybe a year or even a couple of years. Now, you understand that we have entered in COVID-19, we have entered into, this This is not going to be like, hey, guess what, everybody's back to, we're, we've put enough fear in people that even as the numbers start to decline, we're still going to be real sensitive. So, what would happen? What would happen if the world is trying to get now, and again, not just the United States, okay, not just Lubbock, but what happens if the world was trying to get back to normal and Jesus comes back for his bride? What is the one thing at that point that the world would be looking for during these trying and terrible times? What is the one thing? A savior. Someone who can put things back together once again. As a matter of fact, I want you to think, and, and I want you to see, in the last month, in the last month, the last three weeks, really, we have looked to our leaders to give us some sort of hope that life is going to go back to normal pretty quick. Okay? We miss our favorite restaurants. We miss congregating. We miss church. We miss going out. We miss hanging out with each other. And so what we're looking for is our leaders. And so if this rapture, the rapture takes place, think about it. So with that thought in mind, okay, let's say goodbye to 1 Thessalonians. Let's go to Revelation 13. I'm only going to look at three verses real quick. Okay, Revelation 13. Here's what I want you to see. Boom, the rapture's taking place. We're out of here. Okay, the Antichrist has come on the scene and he's been introduced to the world. Now, when I think about the Antichrist, guys, it's been said that this man will have the charisma of a JFK, the oral skills of a Winston Churchill, the determination of a Joseph Stalin, the vision of a Karl Marx, the respectability of Gandhi, the military powers, powers of a Douglas MacArthur, and the charm of a Will Rogers. This, um, the world right now is going to be won over by his charm and his ideas. Now think about this, okay? He's going to come on the scene during some economically troubling times. So, are you saying, Ben, that, that the Antichrist is going to show up when the world is experiencing this great economic trouble? That's exactly what I'm saying. Can you imagine, for just a moment, any scenario that would bring the world to its knees economically. You're like, uh, wow. Wow. Now, listen, for the sake of our study, for the sake of our study, let's just, let, let's, let's say it's most likely introduced by the rapture of the church, okay? That, that's, people are gone, okay? They're not going to, okay, so, so like right now in our world, you know, people are, are, are being laid off, people are, are, are staying home, amen, Okay, people are, are being safe. I get that. But, but economically, we, we, we're holding on, man, by a thread. We're holding on. But what would happen if, if millions were gone? Okay, so you go, wow, that, that's true. So the rapture of the church is gone. Amen? You guys with me? Okay, the world is in chaos and confusion. Okay, off the heels of, of something else. And God starts to deal with the world. And, and if you look at 
all of uh, up until Revelation 13, we'll see, you'll see God's judgments. You'll see him pour out his bulls and the trumpets, and, and the world is in a mess, okay? And all of a sudden, this fella comes in with all the right ideas. He's going to have all the right answers, and he's going to be preaching the gospel of tolerance and how the world is going to need to band together. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Here's the biggest thing that trips me up, guys. I don't know if it does for you, but here's the biggest thing that trips me up. We have our president, our commander-in-chief, and then we have, our, then we have the, the governor of our state of Texas, and then we have our local authorities, and... Every time something happens, I don't know, do, do we obey our governor? Do we do the mayor? What he said this? And, and so it's, it's, it's quite confusing. And so you're going to have somebody who's going to come in and go, no, 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 here's what we need to do. We're going to band together with one world leader so that everybody's on the same page. And he's going to present a bold economic moves. And this is going to bring about this global peace plan. Okay? And so... He's going to want to set up, listen, this huge global government to help iron out the world's troubles. That's the first thing we're going to do. Let's all get on the same page, right? Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, what's the strategy he's going to use? Well, he's going to use his administrative strategy, which is actually found in the last part of Revelation 13. Notice he picks it up in verse 16, and he says this, And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on the right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, I want to take you back just a little bit. Listen, I want you to notice something. Notice that he causes, okay? He causes. You go, Ben, what does that mean? It's not a suggestion. It means it's an executive order. So you have this world leader going, here's the executive order. Who? Who, who gets it? He says, both small and great, Rich and poor, slave and free. You can just jot down everyone. 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 So he's going to have a system where everyone is going to receive the mark on their right hand or their forehead. And without it, they will not be able to sell or buy or do any type of business without that mark. You guys tracking with me? Now, now listen. Whenever that RFID chip was introduced, and, and we, we all, oh, that's the MR, that's the anti, everybody, everybody bucked at the system, right? All the Christians were like, nope, nope, I'm not taking that. I don't care what you do. Even when they started to put chips inside our pets, do you realize that they put chips inside our pets that if they're lost, we can find them? You just get this, boop, there it is. Oh, yeah, here's his owner. Go, let's call him. And, and, and that freaked us out. But what's going to happen to get everybody to be able to go, I need that. I, I've got to have that. What, what, what has to happen? What's the first thing that has to happen to get the mark, guys? We have to institute a cashless society. That's the first thing. Okay? So here's my question. Are we not headed to a cashless society? Right? Are we not? Right? Why? Cash is dirty. 
Okay, and especially in this day and age, guys, with the coronavirus, a lot of people feel like cash that 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 if you had this disease, you could ha- have a couple of dollars and you give it to the clerk, and now they're going to touch it. And I went I went to wash the car the other day, and I had a few bucks in my pocket. I didn't want to really do a card for for a car wash, and she goes, "No, no, 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 no! I can't take cash. You have to run your card." What? Yeah, and 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 you're starting to see a cashless society. We've been headed that way for a long time, but let me, okay, so, so COVID-19 aside, let me give you some practical reasons why we're headed to a, co- to, to a cashless society, okay? Our banking industry, okay? It's been pushing hard for a cashless society for many years. Why? Because every check costs the bank about 35 to 60 cents to process, okay? It might be more now, but an electronic transaction only costs the bank one cent. You go, wow. So of course they're, they're, they, they, they want to move to, to that. Small business owners, guys, they lose millions every year from people sticking their hands in the till and putting cash in their pocket. Think about that. They want that too. Why? Because then every, every penny that comes in is secure. And of course, think about this. Think about this, right? On a, on a more practical level, right? You render the death blow to the drug dealing businesses, right? which consistently purely of cash for drugs. So all of a sudden, there's no cash you. I mean, hey, I'd like to buy some drugs. Here's my card. You know, I mean, they're going to follow you. That's not going to happen. But the Bible warns us, guys, right now, and it says that no one, right, no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Okay, so it's the mark, it's the name, it's the number. I'm not, I'm not going to do a separate uh, teaching into what this means and how it all... We know that the number is a human number. It's the number of man, it's 666. How that looks and what that looks like, I, I don't know. But I know there's some sort of mark. So here's what I want to do with the remainder of our time. Okay? Prophetically... We know that the Lord can come back at any moment, okay? We need to look up our, redempt- our redemption draweth nigh. He's, he's coming back, okay? There was an old hymn that used to sing, he's coming back, he's coming back again, and I'm the only reason. He, he loves me so much, he's coming back, okay? So, so every morning, guys, I get up. Now, now listen, I'm gonna, let me shoot straight, okay? Let's, let's just talk straight. Every night I go to bed, I just think, man, we're going to wake up and things will be things will be just normal, okay? Because it wasn't too long ago that things were normal. It wasn't too long ago that we were going out to eat, we were going to ball games, we had soccer, we had baseball, we had, you know, we had the the March Madness. It, it wasn't too. It was not that long. Now all of a sudden we go to bed and we're like, we have no idea what's going to happen. We know that we have to stay home, okay? It wasn't too long ago that our kiddos were on the bus and in in schools and 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 congregating with other kids and having a blast. And now, you better stay home. So prophetically, guys, Jesus would come back. And we look for that. We look for that. But what I thought, and what God put in my heart, is how many people that I know that don't know Jesus. How many people that I know 
that are on the fence with God. Okay, if I talked to them two months ago, three months ago, it might have been, yeah, Jesus coming back soon, I know, maybe give me, what, what do you think, about 20, 30, 40 years maybe? That was their mindset. But now look how the world has turned upside down. And so they're, so, 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 man, our heart is for people. We have the means of technology. And so we're saying, listen, this is, this is what, this is what you got. Okay. Pastor, I have a question. So what you're saying is the rapture is going to take place tomorrow or next week? No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we, we need to be ready. We need, we, we need to be ready. So here's what I am saying. Okay. Here's what I am saying. Number one, people get ready. Jesus is coming soon. And I don't mean that, well, you're a pastor, you have to say that. No, I'm saying that God put that on my heart early on. And, 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 and pastors have been saying it. Now, here's my opinion, just my opinion, okay? I would step away from the pulpit, but since we're real close here, I'm just going to tell you it's my opinion. You go, what's that? I believe we must take the virus seriously. Okay? We must be prudent. You go, what does that mean? Wash your hands. I get that. Don't touch your face. I, I mean, I've heard it a thousand times. I understand. I, and and I'm, I, we're very serious about it. Okay, we know somebody in our church, bless her heart, that's just not feeling real well right now with us, and so we're praying for her. So it's very serious, okay? My opinion. But here's my opinion. Now listen to me closely, guys. Listen to me. It's my opinion that this virus is secondary to what's really going on here. And I feel called to warn the church. So, get ready, okay? Well, what's the second thing? What's the second thing? Okay, here's what I am saying. People, people, do your homework, okay? What I'm about to talk about in the next few minutes, I want you to do your homework. Don't just take my word for it, okay? It would take me... Weeks and months to actually dig through all of this stuff, but I'm going to give you, again, do your homework, okay? Be Bereans. Make sure what I say is the truth, okay? Ben, I have another question. What if you're wrong about the virus and life does go back to normal? What if in May... Things seem to be, boo, we hit our peak, we're back down. Man, listen, i got to be honest with you. In all the posts that I've read, numbers look good. I mean, they hit a peak. I mean, I mean it's, so, so listen, okay, so what if I'm wrong? I still want people to come to Jesus, okay? Whether he comes back for us now or in 10 years, I still believe that the world needs Jesus. For example, I, I read this meme. It said, the problem is not dying from a virus, the problem is dying without Jesus. And so that really is what I want to focus, okay? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through this, and then um, I'll ask the worship team as I'm getting closer to come back up. We're getting close to being done. Um, I, I just want to wrap it up really, really good, okay? So what, what, what's got to happen? First and foremost, okay, we're looking up. Jesus is coming back. The world is in chaos right now, okay? The world is in chaos, um, we, we, we as a church are providing hope. First and foremost, I want to say, listen, if you're, if you're hurting, you're not alone. Okay. We love you. Um, please, if you need prayer, please call the church. We'll pray with you anytime. We'll call you back, whatever it is. We'll pray with you. Okay. So you're not alone.
I know so many people feel like they're going through this alone. Okay, so some of us, some of us have huddled with our families, and, and that's awesome. Okay, but some people out there feel like they're all alone. It's our job to reach out to those and say, "Man, you're not alone. You're not alone." Okay. Second of all, whether there's a COVID nineteen whether there's the Black Plague, the Spanish Flu, the Hantavirus, Ebola, whatever, people need Jesus no matter what. No matter what. Take a moment, take a moment, church, and, and just look at how many people died from the flu last year. So it's not about, it's not about, I mean, it is, you understand, it is about COVID-19. I get it. It's very serious. I understand that. But, but people are dying and, and they need Jesus. And they need Jesus. Okay, so Ben, what, what, what's your point? Okay, you guys ready? <sighs> During our present time, this is what we have going on that led me to believe that Jesus is coming back soon. You go, what's that? Number one. The Bible talks about a new world order. Now, it doesn't mention it specifically, but like Daniel chapter 7, verse 23 says, And he said to me, this fourth beast is the fourth world power that will rule the earth. Okay? So it will be different from all the others. It will devour the whole world, trampling and crushing everything in its path. So it, it, it sort of indicates that there is this new world order one world government and if you look at revelation if you kind of look at this now now check this out okay so in our time here's where i believe we're headed now we've had this virus okay this virus has come down since about january it really hit us hard now in march but it says this according to this website the independent.co.uk says this former prime minister gordon brown has called for the creation of a temporary form of global government to be assembled to provide a unified body to tackle the coronavirus Okay, so you got people, right, in the world saying, whoa, 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 this is a great place. Let's get one world government, okay? Now, why? Because the virus isn't just affected the United States. If you'll look down, it's affected almost every country. Now, there are some countries that have just a few, a handful of people that are sick. And then you have like Spain and you have Italy and you have us and it's just... It's just, it's just blowing out of proportion. And so people are going, what do we do? Well, some people are on lockdown, some people are on whatever it might be. But so, so this guy says, no, 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 let's do this. Let's create a temporary. Now, now listen, there's no such thing as a temporary government. Once you set up a government in place that's going to rule the world, that government is going to stay. There's not anybody that's going to say, no, 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 that's only, that was only for two months. My opinion only, okay? You guys got that? Just my opinion. People would ask me what I thought about, Pastor Ben, what do you think about the rapture? What do you think about what's going on in the world? Here's my two answers. I would say, keep your eye on Israel and Russia, all of that area, okay? Watch the Middle East. And keep your eye on a fella by the name of Emmanuel Macron, French dude. They said, why? I said, just keep an eye on him. Because we know now, guys, that he 
says that he announced, guys, that he and Donald Trump have agreed to a global response to the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak. So here's what we see happening around the world right now. We have those powerful men trying to get a one-world government. Let me give you a side note. This is not talked about because of COVID-19, but, but look it up. Look up locusts in the Middle East and see how they're just devouring everything. There's just this horde of locusts moving through. And actually, from what J.D. Farag said, they're actually headed towards China. Interesting. Interesting. We don't hear about that stuff. We don't hear about that stuff. You go, well, what's next? Well, what do you think is next? We got to have a mark, right? We got to have a mark. Now, here's what, here's what they've come up with. They've come up with the COVID-19 RFID chip. Okay, the RFID chip is another term used to define the RFID tag. Listen, it's a tag, a label, a card that it can exchange data with a reader using a radio frequency signal. It usually has a built-in antenna and has an integrated circuit, IC. Okay, so you have this little chip. Now, here's how they perfected it. They made it to uh, about the grain of a rice, a little rice, about that. And so it can be easily inserted inside your right hand or your forehead, okay? You go, well, yeah, but we're not going to fall for that. We're not, we're not going to fall for that. There's, there's, there's just, there's no way. Okay, well, let me just say this, okay? Imagine with me a world that was asked to stay home, away from work, Kids could do school from home. What, what's going to happen? Mostly all of us are going to be on the internet. Okay? That's really what happens. Uh, the other day, uh, Sunday, Mel came to me and he said, Pastor Ben, it seems like our internet's really slow. And I failed to mention to, to Mel that that's because everybody's home and they're actually using up as, as much, I mean, they're more than normal. And so what you used to have peak times and, and you could go, oh yeah, I could get on the internet pretty quick. And when, when people were at home at six and seven o'clock, it would peak, everybody would be on the internet, but now they're all at home. And so it's really slowed down all of our internet. But we don't have the capability yet to handle an RFID chip inside a hand or a forehead. But it's coming. Because why? Because now we've been introduced to the third thing that I think is so important. It's called the 5G tower. Okay? 5G tower, guys. Um, basically, I, I found this news article. CBS News, back in 2018, two years ago, did a story about 5G towers. And here's what it said. The wireless industry is in a race to roll out 5G service. The network is supposed to be up Listen, a hundred times faster than the current data speeds. But it requires a cell phone tower equipment to be closer to users than before. Wireless companies in the USA, they'll have to install about 300,000 new antennas, roughly equal to the total number of cell towers built over the past three decades. That's causing outrage and alarm in some neighborhoods and antennas go up around homes. End quote. Okay, so I got my mind thinking. 
Okay, the current, here's how it kind of went. It went, you know, we had 3G. Do you guys remember when you had your first iPhone? It was 3G, and we thought, man, that was super fast, right? Then it went to 4G, and then it went to LTE. Well, now we're up to 5G. Now, remember, listen, they've slowly just kind of conformed us to, oh, well, that's just faster speed. Who doesn't want a faster phone? Oh, I sure do. But the 5G, guys, is going gonna, is gonna to move 100 times faster. This is 2018. Now, for my now again, listen, do your homework. Look them up. You know, it, listen, if, I mean, that's, I'm just kind of giving you the, just the, 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 the top of the surface of what, what the Lord put on my heart. What has to happen, guys, what has to happen for something to hold all your medical history, your blood type, all your financial information, and be able to have, be a GPS? Okay? You have to have towers in place to hold and transfer all that information. Okay? You gotta be able to, to have that. Now, 40 years ago, you would have told me 40 years ago, never in a million years. We had no clue what that, that, I mean, that today, guys, they're, they're being built as we speak. Yeah, Ben, but it's just for phones, right? It's just for phones. Here, here, well, let me give you, let me, let me give you the next one and then uh, I'll backtrack, okay? The next one that kind of freaked me out was something called the ID2020.org. And Bill Gates is the founder of the ID20 and he wants to have everyone chipped and ID'd by 2020. Now, what he wants to do, and you can look it up. They have, you can go to YouTube. You can see a lot of the, I mean, here's what, here's his, his, his heart was, okay. It's almost like he predicted a virus where he could have a, he could have a vaccine in the form of a chip that could also identify you. Now, two years ago, a year ago, guys, we go, we go, no, 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 no. But here's the thing. Listen, if, if a virus, if this virus, if COVID-19 comes down, or guys, think about this. If, if some other virus comes down, what people are going to scramble for is the vaccine. I want, I want to be healed. I want to, I don't want to die of this thing. But what Bill Gates says is he says, he says, now listen, listen. We want to be able to identify you to make sure you're not passing on the virus. So what? That that was in his in, in one of this, the five minute interviews. And and again, so what he did is he's created this alliance of setting the course for digital ID through a multi-stakeholder partnership ensuring digital ID responsibility implemented and widely accessible. If you type in, guys, Bill Gates ID 2020 and find out what in the world is going on, it seems like he wants to vaccine and have an identity all in one place. And his bid was so that all of us would have that. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, 
I don't want you guys to be deceived. I don't want you to be deceived. Guys, 40 years ago, we didn't have the technology. And if you mentioned the mark of a beast, if you mentioned a chip, if you mentioned some sort of tattoo on your hand, the Christian said, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. No, no, I'm not taking the mark. I'm not taking the mark. If Satan came and said, hey, listen, take this mark because you're not going to be able to buy or sell if you don't take the mark. Guys, think about this. Think about this. What is one of the the ways that that parents would easily take the mark and, 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 and give the mark to their children? Well, children, children can wander off. Children are kidnapped. The slave mark, I mean, what a way to go, oh, we know exactly where they are. Let's we just type in their information. There they are. Let's find them. And so, so for a safety reason, we go, oh, man, yeah, 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 we need, it. we need to do this. We need to do this. So, so we need to be wise. Pastor, are you saying, are you saying that, that this is going to happen tomorrow? No, 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 I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, guys, is, is be, I need to warn you. I need to warn you. Okay, okay, let me just, let me close with this, okay? So as the worship team comes back, let me, let me just close with this, okay? And then I'm going to give you an... Im- when I first got saved at 17, I had two prophetic dreams, okay? And I say prophetic, I mean, I didn't tell the future, but I was literally, I was literally, they, they were the same dream, but I was literally, guys, in the back of a truck, okay? And I was preaching the gospel, and there were people who were listening to me. And when people, when, when, when the Lord illuminated people's heart, I would pull them into the truck and the truck represented salvation. I remember. Now, again, it's just a little bed, but it went on. I mean, there were people, right? And then there was also people to my right. I could see people standing with their arms crossed, like, I'll listen to you, but I'm not, I'm not really listening. And I remember trying and I'm, and I'm pleading and I'm begging them, get in the truck. Jesus is, listen, you need Jesus. I mean, you know, hell is a very real place. And I remember that. And the Lord came to me twice. And I said, Lord, I don't understand what this means. And he said, listen, here's the deal. I'm going to call you to be an evangelist. I'm going to call you to be, a... and I didn't know at the time, but, but I knew that I had a heart for people. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do here. And here I am on this platform looking at you saying, you need to come to Jesus. You need to come to Jesus. And he's not asking you to jump through some hoops. And he's not asking you. I mean, here's he saying, listen, we just, we just need to be ready. This isn't to scare you, but to lovingly say, man, listen, if you're watching this and God is stirring on your heart, please come back to him. And you go, Ben, 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 what do I do? Well, in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to surrender your hearts to Jesus. And you go, how? Well, the first thing you need to do is admit you're a sinner and that you need a Savior. You need to admit that you can't do it on your own and, and, and this is what you need. The second thing is you need to repent of your sins, guys. We need to repent, change your mind, your direction. Um, you know how you live for the world? Now it's to live for God that way. It's time to live for God. And third, 
Accept Jesus in your heart. Now listen to me. Maybe tonight I've said a lot of things and you're listening and you're watching via Facebook, online. You're going to listen to this podcast later. Would would you get in the truck? Would you come to the Lord? He knows the hurts that you have. He knows he knows the brokenness. He knows he knows the, your story and he loves you anyway and he's opening up his arms and he's saying come. Come. You know, Ben, what do I need to do? Listen. You just need to surrender your life to him. Yeah, Ben, but I'm watching you and okay, but you can have your defining moment right where you are. Listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to bow your heads and I want you to pray this prayer. Pray it, mean it with all of your heart. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you were buried and I believe, Lord, that you were. You, God raised you from the dead. I believe you're sitting at the right hand of God the Father and I believe that you're coming back soon. I think everything lines up in Scripture. Lord, you're coming back for us soon. But Lord, I've been, I've been missing you. And so I'm asking you to forgive me, God. I'm asking you to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my God. I'm asking you to be my Savior and Lord, to be my friend. I choose this day, right now, April 1st, to follow you, Jesus, for forever I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, man, we want to know about it, please. Just just put in the comments, just, just call us. Here's our number, 806-799-2227. You can call right now. Somebody will answer the phone. They'll pray with you, but we want to welcome you to the family of God. We just want to know. You can email us, man, calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Just go to our webpage, calvarychapellubbock.church. We just want to know about it. Okay? Here's the point, right? People get ready. Jesus is coming back soon. Now, here's my heart, okay? If you're here today and you're a believer, then just rejoice. Keep your, keep, keep your eyes, keep looking up, for your redemption draweth nigh. God bless you guys. Let's worship. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806 799 2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227 Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.